Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. This afternoon, I have a very important present truth prophetic message I'm bringing to you and to the church. And I've entitled it The Flood of Glory. I'd like you to turn with me to the gospel according to St. Luke. And we're going to be reading from chapter 17, and we're going to be reading from verses 20 through 27, the flood of glory. The Lord Jesus is answering a question. He was, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, I didn't hear you folks, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. In other words, you're not going to see anything physical at first. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, let God open your eyes. The kingdom of God is already inside you, is within you. And he said unto the disciples, the days shall, will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here, or see there, go not after them, neither follow them. For as the lightning that lighted out the part of, out of, the, of, the part of one part of the heaven, or rather of one part under heaven, and shining unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. Talking about his own generation. And this is the part that is very important to us. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. I bring you a present truth prophetic message. We've preached some of these parts of these messages over the years, but the time of its fulfillment is upon us. Just like a flood of water came in the days of Noah, a flood of glory is about to hit the earth. Glory, as we should know, is a manifestation of God's power and presence that men can see physically. That's the difference between what is glory and what is not glory. You know, many times it's almost glory, but really, we're just saying it's nice. But according to the Bible, glory is a manifestation of God's power or God's presence 
that men can see. That is why in John chapter 2 verse 11, it says, When Jesus turned water to wine, his disciples saw it. And the servants who drew the water and it became wine, they saw it. They said, this was the beginning of miracles. And Jesus manifested his glory. In other words, the miracle of turning water to wine was a manifestation of the glory of God. It was the power of God that men could see physically. Similarly, in the Old Testament, you know, uh, when the glory cloud would come upon the tabernacle, when Moses finished the tabernacle, they could see it. It wasn't uh, discerning. You, you could see it, you know. And during the day, you see the pillar of, uh, sorry, at night, you see the pillar of cloud by fire. They saw manifestations of the presence of God and the power of God that men can see is called the glory. Jesus used the same expression when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said to Martha, did I not tell you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God? And that's exactly what happened when he said, Lazarus, come forth. He that had been dead for four days hopped out of the grave and they all saw it. So they saw the glory of God, a manifestation of the power of God that men can see. Uh, incidentally, let me just add this there. It's, 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 it's exercised, you know, uh, by the Spirit without measure. That's the difference between what we see in Jesus' ministry and what we see today. You know, we see the power of God today, but not like this. Not in the manifestation of the power of God that men can see. You know, now this, there's going to be a flood of this glory that is about to hit the earth. Just like it was in the time of Noah. Now, the purpose of this flood of glory is to exalt the people that are inside the ark. And we're going to see who's going to be in the ark in a minute. You know, and that he's going to raise them up. And he's going to bring destruction to those who are not inside the ark. Why? Because God is going to have a perfect church. The church as it is today, as it is constituted today, we know is far from perfect. You know, there are a lot of spots, blemishes and wrinkles. And many people are not interested in using the blood of Jesus, the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to remove those spots, blemishes and wrinkles from their lives. They, they continue in their hypocrisy and all of that. So God is, going to, is about to bring a flood of glory those who have honest, we're going to see a chart in a minute. I'll tell you when to bring it, not yet. You know, uh, the, those who have the, 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 the right heart will be brought inside the ark by the Spirit. Actually, as I'm talking now, it's happening. As I am talking now, it's happening. It's actually been happening for some weeks, you know, ever since we had this 2003. I, I, let me just say this, you know, uh, um, and this is one of the things that motivated me to preach this message. Around early February, it's a truth thing I'm telling you. Like Paul, you know, Paul said, I speak the truth. The spirit bears witness with my spirit. In my personal prayer time, God said, I should start praying for people to be brought into the ark. That the flood is about to come. I wasn't, I didn't fully understand it at the time. I, I knew the ark. I knew all of that because I preached about it in Noah's ark over the years. You know, he said, the, the glory is, is, is imminent. Now, you know, there are two sets of glory. We preached this last year. 
there's going to be the collective glory when the power of God, the glory of God will fill the temple. And, you know, the priest will not be able to minister. That's until the Feast of Tabernacles. But then there's an individual glory that's going to start like uh, uh, Cana of Galilee, which started through Jesus as an individual. That's the first one we're going to see. That, and it's it's going to, you're not going to stop in one person. It's going to spread. I'm going to show you that in a minute. You know, there are going to be people who will carry the glory, you know, even though it will be a borrowed anointing. And there's going to be a flood of glory, you know. And so he, he told me, he said, because, you know, let me, let, me, let, me, let me just share a little bit of insight. You know, do this occasionally. I don't do it all the time. You know, every day I pray for myself, my wife, my children. I pray for scripture pasture, you know. And I pray for all those under my sphere of influence. And I've shared that and I've taught us that. And we do that. But God told me, he said, go a step further. He said, now start praying beyond your sphere of influence. And start praying that by my spirit... I will start to draw people into the ark. And he gave me the conditions I'm going to share with you in a minute. You know, that those people will have to, uh, uh, to qualify. You know, and he said, you know, he said, both Christian and sinner. So I started. And you know what happened? Just a few days after I started that prayer, I now got a report on the internet you know, on YouTube, that in America, in a certain college called Ashbury, they have this normal Tuesday meeting. They just go for chapel and everything. He said, all of a sudden, revival broke out. People started weeping and crying and repenting, you know, and, started, and it's still on as I speak today. It has spread from Ashbury to University called Lee. It spread you know, amongst many of the campuses, you know, uh, in, in, in America. And the distinguishing feature of this outpouring and of this revival is the fact that the people is not, they're, they're not they're, there's no great miracles happening yet, but repentance. Repentance and, you know, uh, an increase of the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's what it is. Even the president of the Ashbury College, I listened to his speech just a few minutes, you know, and he said that what characterizes this revival has been an increase, you know, a, a, a hunger and a thirst for the fruit of the Spirit. So people are repenting, forgiving one another, asking for forgiveness, you know, and wanting to know God better. And the Lord tapped me. That's, it started. It started actually February the 8th. I actually went to go and check the dates because I wanted to be sure, I wanted to be sure that, you know, I'm, <clears throat> uh, I wasn't just, you know, fooling myself. And it still continued now. We are in that place now where God, the ark is ready. And God is drawing men into the ark, both saints and sinners. Unlike Noah's ark, which only took Noah's family, this ark is a gigantic spiritual ark made up of the power of God, made by the power of God, you know, of 
the saints, I'm going to show you them in a minute, you know, a, a group of saints typified by the glory of God, uh, typified by Gideon's army. It was many years ago when I was studying the Word of God. This was in the 80s, 83, 84, you know, I came across Bill Britton's book on Eagle Saints Arise and uh, Jesus the Pattern Son and some of those prophetic books. And because I must give honor to him on his due. And he, he, he spoke about Noah's Ark. And he spoke about Noah's Ark in the end time, not just being a, a wooden ark, you know, like Noah's, that's the physical Noah's Ark, the spiritual Noah's Ark, and that, you know, the length, the, the, the dimensions had spiritual meanings. He didn't interpret all of them, but I think he did mention, if, I'm, if my memory serves me right, that the 300 are symbolic or representative of the 300 of uh, Gideon's army, you know. And it's interesting, God saved the whole of Israel at that time from the Midianites by only 300 men. Now, I want to, just before I go on, I want to say something here because some of these things can be uh, misunderstood. Of course, you'll always have people to understand, which I can't help anyway. I'm going to just go on and say the word of God. But at least to the, great, to the best of my ability, I want to, you know, explain. You know, it's not the men by themselves. The other day I was teaching on covering. He says, when you are gathered together and my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the, 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 the thing that is making the difference is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that is amplifying the power of the collective prayers of the 300. The 300 by themselves can't do it. It's the power of God by the, that will multiply the exponentially multiply the power of the, of the prayers of these 300 that form a protective covering that form this spiritual ark. The ark is ready. The 300 are ready. I'm going to tell you, you know, how the Lord showed me. And, and they're already in place. You know, what is happening now is bringing the people in. Now, inside Noah's ark, you had three sets of people. When I say sets, now, three categories. You had Noah, who was the one that got the revelation and all of that. Then you had Noah and his wife. Okay. Then you had Noah's sons and their wives. Then you had the living things. The living things were in their millions. There were a large number of them. And when I, I first of all preached this in the, in the, in the mid-90s by revelation, the living things, you know, and because the revelation is progressive, you see. When I first preached in the 90s, I said, all people who have life, living, that is, they had Zoe, they're born again. But God now told me, he said, it's not only limited to those who are born again. People who are just physically alive, but who have honest hearts. He said, I'm drawing them now by my spirit. And bring them to the ark. If you go back to the account in the book of Genesis, we're actually going to go there in a minute. You know, in Genesis chapter 7, you will find that what Noah did was supernatural. There's no way he could have done it in the natural. 
Let, let's go to Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7. And then I'm going to bring it to how it correlates to what we're doing today. Right. Now, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 or 5. You know, I'm going to read very quickly. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. So the ark was ready. It took him 120 years to physically build. Him and his sons, you know. So, but the ark was ready. In our case, God now told me, you know, he said, I've been working on this ark for years. It's one of the reasons why I raised up Kenneth Hagen. Was to give me a group of disciples who I could use to build the ark. And he said, you happen to be one of them. But he said, but you're not the only one. And it's not just scripture pastoral. It's beyond any one church. God's too, well, Papa Rafa told us many years ago, he said, God is too big for you to cage him in your church. He will step out of it. He's too big for any denomination. See, God is not dealing with churches and denominations. He's dealing with his body. And he said, uh, uh, um, I've been working on this now for over 40, 50 years. Raising up men and women who will form this end time Noah's Ark that I can rely on. That will provide a spiritual covering, you know, for uh, my people so that they will, you know, they will be, uh, they will be protected you know, so that when this glory comes, everybody who is in the ark is going to be lifted up. Those who are outside the ark are going to be destroyed. Destroyed, that doesn't necessarily mean they will go to hell. It means two things. Number one, some of them will die spiritually or what we call backslide. Because they will not be inside the ark and the pressures of the end time. You know, the good news is that even some of those who backslide can come back. You see this when God spoke to uh, Mary through the, 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 the Simeon. He said, this child is set for the falling and the rising again of many in Israel. Now as they're going to fall, but they will rise again. But they're going to suffer loss. The reason why they will fall is because they didn't listen when the prophets were telling them and they didn't come into the ark. And he said, I've been blowing this trumpet for years. But those who have listened, have listened. Those who have not listened, have listened. He says, it's ready now and people are coming in. You know, the second one is that some of them will die physically, prematurely. Now they'll go to heaven, you know. But again, like 1 Corinthians chapter 3, they will suffer loss. So that's what's happened to people who are outside the ark. But the people who are inside the ark will be exalted. The exaltation there, you know, symbolizes that they're going to be they will start growing spiritually. The glory that is made manifest, which they will, first of all, partake of, partake in the sense that they will get the benefit of it. And then some of them, as they grow, will inherit, you know, they won't inherit, but they will, they will get the borrowed anointing. So it's going to raise them up, the people in the ark. Those are outside the ark, like I said. Some of them will die physically. Some of them will get so angry with God, you know, and so disappointed, they will backslide, you know, 
though by the grace and the mercy of God, some of them will come back. Because the ark, the flood in Noah's time lasted only about a year. So it's going to be about the same thing now. Then after about a year, you know, which again you see in Esther, six months of bitterness, six months of, 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 of sweet odors, you know, and then God, the leadership would have changed. Saul would have died. David would now be on the throne. You know, then there will be a re um, discipling of the church. And the house of David will start getting stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul will start getting weaker and weaker. So during the time of the ark, where in the ark, that is when the manifestation of the death of the removal of Saul will, will, will take place. The manifestation of the, of the, of the change of the priesthood from an Eli type to a Samuel type, of the kingship from a Saul type to a David type would take place. All that is what's going to be taking place as the flood of glory hits the earth. Those in the ark will be exalted like the house of David. Those outside the ark like the house of Saul, you know, will be uh, judged and destroyed. Now, first of all, give me the image. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Let me quickly read this. It's something I, I, I missed out. It said, come down to the ark, for I found seeing you righteous before me in this generation. Now, as in Noah's time, the same thing is true now. If you look at the church now, you know, the church is riddled with covetousness, the pride of life, title, loving, and all this kind of thing. But God has a remnant that has not allowed themselves to be corrupted with those things. Then he says, of every clean beast and all of that. I'm just going to skip all of that. For Then he says in verse 4, for yet seven days I'm going to cause it to rain. That is, the flood is going to come. And, and, and then Noah did everything. Now, the point I want to make here is that how can Noah and his, he had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Their wives, three girls, six. Noah, his wife, eight. How can eight people bring in the lions, the elephants, just think about it. In seven days, it was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Spirit that helped them. There is no way Noah and his family alone could have brought in that large number of some of them dangerous animals and then make them docile to enter the ark and stay where they have put them. Only God could have done it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.